Hey everyone, welcome to PILF, the podcast I'd like to fuck. Today we are talking to one of my favorite people, that is Logan Cohen from the Balanced Man Plan, who is a therapist and a life coach specializing in working with men and helping them get on a track to enjoying their life and getting past any past traumas, healing, and getting those roadblocks out of the way. And today we're going to, we're actually being joined by my love, Jake, who is um, my cub of two years. And we're going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And that is the topic of older women, um, especially in, in positions of authority, such as teachers sleeping with with guys who are minors, so underage, such as their students. It's something we hear about all the time. And you always see all the guys are like, oh, where were these teachers when I was young? Um, and you know, one thing that's always bothered me is that we need to realize that just because they're boys doesn't mean that they're not victims of being taken advantage of, especially by these women who are in positions of power. So I invited Logan on the show so that we could talk about what are the actual impacts that you, we, a lot of us don't consider in these dynamics with these types of relationships. And there were some that even that Logan brought up that I haven't even considered or thought about that were really good points. So I think this is really really important. On top of that, we're also going to talk to Logan. He's going to tell us about the importance of finding not just a therapist, but a good one. So just because you found one and it didn't work for you, probably they were a shitty therapist. So we're going to talk about how to find one that jives with you and what you need in your life. Um, and then Jake and, and Logan also kind of went off on, on a bit of a tangent that was so entertaining to listen to. Just talking about masculinity in the juxtaposition of femininity, women in the military, um, the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, and whether there should be that separate, you know, gender, should they have their own things or should we commingle? And there was just some really thoughtful things thrown around. And Jake actually brought up something that just made me fall in love with him even more when talking about the first female Green Beret. And he had just this amazingly insightful um, commentary on some some issues that came up recently with a few Green Berets, including in the, the first female Green Beret. Um, and I just thought they were really profound and exciting. And it just uh, speaks to just what a great guy he is. And just, I love how his mind thinks. So, um, I hope you guys enjoy it. And without further ado, here you go. Hey, say hi, Jake. Hey, how's it going? What's going on, Jake? Pretty good. Good to meet you. Good, good to meet you, Jake. Jake is, Jake is my primary cub. Sweet. I've mentioned that before. Yeah. So essentially I know I told you there were two topics that I wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. The, the first one being, I really wanted to kind of do a dive into um, underage young men um, having affairs with older women, um, mm-hmm. because it's something that pops up on my page a lot. And a yeah. lot of people are against it. But there's always the few that are like, no, I would have loved this when I was a young man. And so I kind of wanted to, to, to unpack that a little bit. And yeah. then the second thing we I wanted to talk about was the idea of finding a therapist that you click with because another thing mm-hmm. I hear from men is oh I tried therapy once and it just didn't work for me sure. and so I kind of wanted to get your gauge on you know finding ways to find someone that you kind of click and jive with that'd be great two really important topics looking forward to diving I I agree. I'm excited. So, so going to the first topic. So essentially one of the things that I, I deal with a lot because I'm an, 
I am an older woman and my brand is, you know, dating younger men. And I do get a lot of minors in my uh, DMs. Uh, And they're usually, I would say, young men who are probably between the ages of 16 to 17. I have had as young as 14 or 15 approach me wanting to me to be their cougar. And and I always obviously (laughs) say no. Um, And I tend to try to, um, you know, I don't know. Every now and then I do get a little, I do get a little bit uh, of a lecture and I'm sure it goes in one ear and out the other, <laughs> but I can't yeah. help it. I'll always yeah. be like, you please do not go seek older women at your age. This is going to damage you more than you realize. Totally. Um, but I'm sure they totally disregard me. Um, and so, um, the, you know, the, uh, the other side more of, of that, a position you know, of leverage than anyone else in their life at that point. Apparently, yeah. So, so I just, you know, the other thing I get is, of course, I get the older men who are like, "Oh hell yeah, I would have loved that when I was younger." And I've even had guys who have told me that they've had this relationship and they loved it. And it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things that I want to dive into because you have a much a far different perspective or idea around it. Since this is what you know by therapist, so. just love your take on it. Yeah, this is something that I actually run into a lot. There's a, a lot of men that I work with uh, have a range of trauma histories. And it is at the same time, um, all the men that I work with, to some degree, and myself, even just being a man that grew up in the masculinity creating machine that is, is our culture and society. Um, you know, towards boys, we learn really early that uh, our prowess as sexual beings and an ability to um, to uh, bag that chick, kind of like to to look mm-hmm. to look at women um, in a in kind of a, an objectified way, right? Kind of is like leftover mm-hmm. from men, you know, literally owning women, um, mm-hmm. and then. On top of it, there's this competition uh, between us and and each other about who can access the most sex. And that being um, a a marker of our social prestige, right? And and you kind of see see that across a lot of other species too, right? Sure. Um, Now... So it, it's really common to hear men going like, oh, yeah, like uh, real uh, uh, boys and adolescents will over report their sexual engagement. At, at, yeah, I remember uh, that. Just like they'll over report <laughs> how much drugs they've used or they'll, they'll over report mm-hmm. any kind of high risk behavior because to them, that means that they are a tough motherfucker. Right, that, that they, right. they 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 are, are going to have more power in whatever social arena you're in. That's why you're gathering that information from them. So they, they kind of right. use it as like virtue signaling, signaling, like a being being tough. Now, yeah. So a lot of times, the, the older guys that you're seeing, uh, that's a huge part of it. Now, also, as a as a therapist, I see over and over again, and the, and the research supports this as well that. Um, Men and boys rampantly underreport their own sexual abuse. Yeah. Um, the The statistics show that women and girls are sexually abused at significantly higher rates. I think 
They are a little bit, but not, not very much. Um, and yeah, and men are so much less likely to report and get help with it. So then if, so like, let's say this, this 14, 15 year old guy, right? So he's, he's probably had a lot of other adverse childhood experiences and Mm -hmm. For some reason, he's gotten the idea that you're really fun to holler at and mm-hmm. and in kind of an objectifying way like you're 14, like he's 14 and he's almost going like, you know, can you can you can you go buy me a bottle of booze and like drink it with me? It's like, who the fuck do you think you mm-hmm. are? Kid? <laughs> <laughs> like and and that um, kind of socially speaking, that kind of entitlement has been taught to him at some point experientially with adults either snuffing out his humanity or not letting his humanity show up. That's actually really sad. It is. That's really sad. It, it is. Yeah. It, the um, men's uh, compulsive pursuing uh, sexual engagement as, as an escape from emotional difficulty is uh, 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 is a very socially sanctioned drug um, almost as much mm-hmm. as work right like the the there are the Pepe Le Pew cartoon from when we we're kids so, like the skunk is like a, yeah the little boy skunk is like a rapist right like he really is creepy as hell totally like stalking the hell out of this sweet little squirrel or something whatever the heck she is skunk yeah is she another skunkette I can't um, yeah and and it's it's very funny and we're, we're exposed to layers and layers and layers of that over and over and over and over again in so many different ways. Um, so yeah, the, I, I think it's a really multi-layered kind of issue that we run into where, where men are, are taught to um, seek compulsive escapism through objectifying ourselves and other people rather than just kind of dealing with some hard parts of life and fighting through it. It's it actually I'm even thinking of that the dance the pasa doble which I believe is the 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 dance is supposed to signify the um, bullfighter and the bull but the mm-hmm. idea of it being danced between a man and a woman is because the man is the bullfighter and the woman is the bull and she's his conquest mm-hmm. and that's the Absolutely. whole thing is that he you know she's the conquest that in the end he slays yeah so I do but feel like there the, must the be verbiage too right like there must be pussy, something stuff like what. yeah there must be something in that i would imagine like that you know sort of left over from the warrior days too of it being another conquest it it totally is and all the the warriors uh uh, stuff and the protector stuff and the and of of this it's not just men who do this right a lot of Mm -hmm. there are a lot of women um who on the other side of it almost like want to be stalked and want to be seduced in a very aggressive way. And it's not like there's anything wrong with that in play or in consensual, uh, discussed, boundaried experiences with each other. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, some, you know, some women are like, I don't even fucking like choke me while we're, I want to know that you can like take my life out of me while you're dominating me sexually. Absolutely. And in some way, crazy. I totally. can't imagine a partner like that. That's that's right. Jake, Jake is saying that because yeah. that's me. Yeah. <laughs> now, and that's... We made eye contact when you were saying that. I'm like, <laughs> like and it's, like, right, you know, hey. And it's, and it's different when it's in play through two consensual partners. Right? Absolutely. 
And I think a lot of times men in such a race to be a real man and grow up from being a boy and prove themselves, they're, they're, they're pretending like they're ready to be a bullfighter. Even if, mm-hmm. even if you're going to be a bullfighter or, or have like a BDSM, like even if it gets like more intense with the power dynamics and like, but it's still consensual. A 14 year old, 15 year old, even 16 year old, you really can't give emotional consent for an experience like that because you're not a grown ass man yet. You are not emotionally prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you might think you are. You might have a ton, you probably have more testosterone in your body than. The, the, the I sure as hell do. And I would have to take, you know, androgens and HGH to, to, right. <laughs> to, to make that happen. But you're, <laughs> you're, you're still not ready to have all the other parts of the romantic imprinting and the emotional intensity that goes into those types of interactions. What do you see if, if you do have, say, a teenage, we, I mean, we hear in the news all the time, uh, female teachers sleeping with their students. Oh, I see. I see on Facebook all the time, like, because um, I'm on I'm on groups on Facebook that's like, uh, you know, like oh, veterans of, you know, like uh, my old unit when I started off in the army. And mm-hmm. I see all the time these dudes that are in like their 30s or 40s sharing like this attractive teacher that slept with a student like. Man, where are these teachers when I was in school? Yeah, yeah, I see that all say. the time. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely right, babe. What do you Absolutely. think in, in those cases? Because what can happen in those situations? You said something interesting. You said the romantic imprinting and that kind of a thing. Like, what are those things that are happening in the background of that underage boy's brain that he may not realize that may affect him as he's growing up? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So uh, basically, clinically, what would be called emotional abuse? Um, you, you have a, a, a lot more leverage as a grown ass adult in that position with a little boy, even if you know, they got some hair on their nuts and, and they can ejaculate. Right. Um, to, to be so 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 direct. But right. the, things like um, demanding immediate responses uh, from from interactions where. You know, the, and the kids just like, I don't know how to respond. And, you know, they're, they're all like freaked out and kind of bullied into engaging when they don't want to. Um, a lot of times see a lot of uh, withholding affection as punishment and, and them not knowing how to speak up about that or say that's not fair or whatever, because they're, they're in a one down position. Right. Um, you're not not. Uh, <clears throat> Let me see. I mean, they, they just they get caught up in a lot of the power and control dynamics because they're not privy to them. And a lot of times uh, folks, even women, who like, if, if you would have been the kind of person that would take a kid up on that, um, you probably would have, ex- have some like unresolved stuff mm-hmm. that you're going to act out with him. Right, it, like it you're all, working shit, through shit your trickles own downhill. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like the kind yeah. of woman who is perfectly okay with sleeping with one of her students, for example, is the kind of woman who has her own crap that she's probably working out on this oh. kid who's 16 and hasn't lived yet yeah. and doesn't know the emotional dynamics of an adult relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That makes Absolutely. perfect sense. I mean, like, sense. think about, like, if, I think if any of your, your audience viewers out there, if, you know, as long as there, there's not a, a, a like history of um, acting out or sexually aggressive behavior, if you're a 30 year old plus adult, or even, you know, like when you're, so when, yeah, when you're 30, 25, 30, if you see 
a 16 year old who is gorgeous right mm -hmm. and they're they're out there right sure, sure. <laughs> and, and then you know even the, you make eyes initially there's a little you feel you think that there's a little chemistry and that little twitter in your heart goes like holy shit because they're so attractive and they're giving you attention right like, so petting to your ego and then it comes out of their mouth that they're 16 you go Oh fuck! Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Right. I got, did I? I think I left my wallet in my car. Yeah, I got, gotta like, go. Bye. You, you, yeah, like your your psyche knows it's not okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a really good friend that went on a date with a chick that he showed me a picture. She legitimately looked like she was because um, we work by a college. She looked like she was like a like a like a college sure. student, even like a grad student. Like she definitely oh, looked like what I remember fifteen or sixteen year olds looking like, and. Uh, he was no. like, "Oh, do you wanna do you wanna get like a drink?" When he picked her up, she's like, "Oh no, I I I can't drink. I can't. Uh, I'm not. I'm underage." And he's like, "Oh, how how old are you?" And she's like, "Well, I'm 17, but I turn 18 in like three months." And he's like, <laughs> and Bye -bye. he like he told me he like stopped, and he's like, "Man, you have a great day." <laughs> yeah, uh, you gotta go home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other thing too like for me even even as someone who dates younger men and obviously they're always over age but there's been times where because I always feel a guy out before I date him a younger guy and one of the first questions I always ask is oh why do you like older women and oh. and it's usually one of three answers the top answer is I just I've always been more mature for my age and I like older women because they have their shit together they know what they want they don't play games I'm like, okay, fine. Although in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, so mature for your age. So your parents were alcoholics and you had to grow up fast. Like <laughs> well, you're so parentified. That's gotta be there for a reason. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, and then the second answer is, oh, I just always thought it was really hot. But there's always the guy who just has has mom issues and he's looking for an older woman who cares for him. And every time I'm like, nope sorry like even though you are of age you're you know you may be 23 but if you're coming to older women because you're trying to work out mom issues like I will be your friend and I'll be in your life but I feel like this relationship could make things worse for you just because mm -hmm. you know and so I, I think especially and this is what really chaps my hide about like teachers because to me I see them as the first line of defense for kids who are going through trauma. So you're mm -hmm. fucking your student who's 16. You don't know that he's dealing mm -hmm. with divorce, abusive parents, awful. like any of that awful. shit. It's awful. It's like a counselor or a, a doctor or some, someone who has a privileged relationship with right. a child, with a minor. Yeah. And those, the, 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 all these, these professions that we're listing off that feel the most wrong, feel the... the um, uh, the, our legal system agrees with that. And that's why we all have the role of being a mandated reporter. So if someone who is a mandated reporter, right? So if, if I hear that any kind of vulnerable population could be taken advantage of in my ears prick up, that, that, that creates a legal requirement for me to make a report to the Department of Health and Human Services that yeah. someone like a elderly person or a kid or someone is being taken advantage of. If, that, that is because that is a privileged role. Someone in a privileged role is engaging with somebody sexually. It's that's that's a big time no no. That's a predator. At the same opinion. time, it is a it's absolutely a predator, and it is so much more common than um, 
than people realize. Yeah. Uh, not only with teachers, with um, I'm, the, the history of Boy Scouts, <laughs> and not to say like the everybody's troop or everybody's club or even the the majority of them or whatever. They're the, uh, um, in when when there are healthy, accountable spaces. Those kinds of groups for young men and boys growing up with mentorship and and, and groups for doing that are amazing. Um, but wherever there is a lack of accountability in privileged relationships, this kind of thing is prone to happening, just statistically across the board. Yeah, no, that, that's. And that's where you hear about it too, are things like Cub Scouts or like the, or coaches. Mm-hmm. It, that's like terrifying sure. when you hear about coaches. The Catholic the, Church. The Catholic Church. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think. Oh. I actually had a quick question, not to go too far on a, a side tangent, but I was just yeah, curious man. on um, your opinion on like organizations that are like. Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts or like, oh, like these are like all male organizations where you go to, you learn how to do like, you know, like just to get, um, I don't want to say promoted and rank up, I guess. And like the Boy Scouts, you got to like, oh, you got to go to fish and swim and you have to do like mm-hmm. camping stuff about taking more organizations mm-hmm. like that. And they're like, oh, we're going to include more, like we want to include more women in those organizations. Cause I always, cause I was, a uh, I was the worst Boy Scout maybe in history. I literally joined because my dad never wanted to go camping, and I loved the outdoors. So I did that for like a year, yep. and then I joined a um, Civil Air Patrol, which is like more of like a military-type organization than the Boy Scouts. But like I sure. – I, I You got you have more intense involved. Because, you know, my, my high school was a lot of uh, – you know, I would say it was like 60, 40 with like more, more girls than guys. And like, you know, at okay. home – uh, my dad worked all day, so it was just my mom and my sister and me, uh, mm-hmm. and then sometimes my grandma. So I liked having like, oh, yeah. I get to you know do something where it's just me and guys. So what's your opinion on like, oh no, we want to include women in those organizations? Um, I generally speaking, I I I try to stay away from the the black and white answer about that kind of thing, <laughs> but I think gen generally, um. Uh, having a gender specific expectation for even engaging in the space, there's got to be a really damn good explanation about that Mm -hmm. and a really damn good system for making sure that there are appropriate checks and balances, however that may be. And if, if, if that adds up to the mission and values and everybody's safe, play ball <laughs> and if not integrate to some degree you know like i i don't know um i think that's a really good question uh and I, I would like to think that adding women to the mix to some degree would help some of the culture but it, it might not as well like at a time who knows it's one of those things that i think personally where i see the value in in having just boys or just girls because you can relate to each other in specific ways that the other gender Mm -hmm. may not understand but that being said as someone who is pansexual I've dated a lot of women who were not at all girls who could relate to other like typical feminine girls they were much more the type that wanted to play ball and be rough and tumble and if they were forced to Mm -hmm. interact with girly girls you know they would literally want to claw their eyes out you know so it's just there's you know there's that too so maybe i mean maybe a more appropriate uh consideration for all that might be a uh how how do we 
um, help those institutions um, break down some of the harmful polarized narratives about the gender expectations, right? Right. So like, how do we teach boys that strength is also about resilience and flexibility and cooperation and compassion and empathy and, and servant leadership and, and all that good stuff. Um, yeah. And how do we teach girls to be more assertive and, and, and take a lick on the chin and right. so on and so forth. No, I think you it know? makes sense. I think it can be really difficult when there are these sort of, you know, we can say, let's be simple and break it up by boys and girls. And to an extent, it makes sense. Like, I think that's why it's important, like with couples, like to have a girls night out or a boys night out where you're just out there with your friends doing your thing. But even I'm thinking like one of the things Jake and I've been talking about this week is the first woman ever became a Green Beret, right, baby? Yeah, so she became, um, she wasn't the first female to get selected to be a Green Beret, but she was the first in the graduate and then she, uh, for, you know, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but basically she was in her house and she uh, accidentally shot her gun and it went into her neighbor's bathroom and no one was hurt. But in the same week, a, um, a very experienced Green Beret shot up a bowling alley in Illinois and a really experienced Green mm-hmm. Beret that's like a full bird colonel got arrested for domestic violence in Washington. And so... Um, you know, I'm on like a lot of military pages. People were looking at the three incidents and being like, "Look at this dumb woman firing a firearm." And I'm like, "I mean, it's it's a it's not like a small deal that she accidentally shot a gun, but she's like a brand new NCO or basically brand new sergeant in uh in the military." And people were like throwing under the bus and completely ignoring the fact that one dude literally shot up a bowling alley and the other one (laughs) got arrested for domestic violence and like had like a standoff with the police in his house. Yeah. And I'm like, but what about those hysterical, unreliable women? Let's talk about that. They're like, they're like (laughs) dumb woman shooting in her own house. Look at the standard slipping. I'm like, you got a mass shooter in that mix. dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a great, no, it's a great point. And the, those intersections um, really, you know, I think, make it even more important to figure out how to help each of the, the uh, those institutions break down. Well, and I think, um, too, like what I was thinking, honey, is like, let's take that girl who is a Green Beret. Is she going to be the type who wants to sit at home on a Friday night and paint her nails and giggle with the other girls? I'm going to go on a limb here and say no, but I've never met her. Well, so exactly. But I'm going to say like typically the type of girl who is like, I'm going to become the first fucking female Green Beret in America is probably not going to be like, and then on a Friday night, me and the girls are going to get some Starbucks and we're totally going to dish about our crushes. Right. Like, so I can see where (laughs) there's like this thing of, Yes, it's important for Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts maybe to have those like where we're just relating with other girls. But then I think there's also though those girls and boys who are like, yeah, but I don't fucking relate at all with the the typical genders that I'm, you know, like it's just I think there is that thing where it's not so black and white. I know. I think you're right. A lot of these institutions are extensions of old parts of agricultural communities and social and cultural expectations right this is where boys go off to learn how to hunt and build shelters true and this is where girls go off to learn how to be a a, a good uh, um, 
uh, womb. A good womb. And, and polite. How and, to be a good aviator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be compliant. <laughs> and, and really, the, this this chick that, you know, accident, accidentally or not accidentally, the, this chick who's a the Green Beret, they, if she goes home and does her nails after Which is her fine. whole day and goes back tomorrow, and do, that sounds even more hardcore to me. Huh? She sounds yeah. even scarier. Right. No, it's absolutely <laughs> totally fine if that's her thing, a hundred percent. But yeah, no, no, no. It, she would be scary, that girl. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I think the thing is, is that it's it's not that black and white. But you're right. I think that a lot of it does come down to if we're using the specific example of Boy Scout and Girl Scouts, their missions and their origins are very different. So there's mm-hmm. that too, completely. Yeah, I think. And a, a lot of you know what we hear me talk about is, is comparing the the old world and the uh, new world or modern society, uh, and and how all these adjustments are happening, um, and and a lot of you know where those institutions came from are preparing each gender for going into what is expected up and down in all these isolated agrarian communities for thousands and thousands of years. Um, since then, we've gone through an industrial revolution. There's a lot more urbanization. There's a lot more mixing of all this stuff and how it all functions. And then now it, there's a, a, a globalization of connectivity uh, that started with technology and is currently happening in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and, and will continue happening with technology, uh, just linking everybody up. Um, so, so learning how to integrate the yin and yang of the, both the what we have called the feminine and masculine is what makes strength period now it's, it's just diff- it's a different world and you know i think that yin and yang that feminine and masculine i think to an extent is one of those things where we need to we can call it feminine and masculine but realize that regardless of genitals it shows up in different ways that that stereotype it's, of it yeah. for sure yeah mm-hmm. Um, we got massively off topic, but I still love the like the direction that the conversation went, <laughs> which, yeah, cool. no, I love, yeah. I love it. I love it. So let's, okay, let's move into the second part, which is finding a therapist, because one of my biggest struggles yeah, with, with my boys on my page and, and that I really try to drive home is, mm-hmm. you know, having therapy mm, is you. so important and a lot of them mm-hmm. I hear like, yeah, I tried that. It didn't work. And it's like, dude, I've been there. I've been with therapists where I'm like, wow, we have no chemistry. And then I've had other therapists <laughs> where too. from the very beginning, I'm like, <laughs> I love you. Please never leave my life. So I was just hoping you could yeah. kind of talk to those guys who are like, I tried therapy. It didn't work. Yeah. Um, probably a shitty therapist. <laughs> <laughs> or you like I'd um and and I I I say that just so directly in that kind of playful little way I personally I I take this work really seriously and I I've been on the other side of the process every now and again I I I go and sharpen up on the other side of the process again when something frays me or it's time to yeah. do more work but <clears throat> take this seriously enough where you got to have some different types of approaches for people and you got to know when um, the fit isn't right. Someone's not going to be right for you. And if it truly was a, a bad experience, 
you, you probably had someone that was uh, uh, that's really good at one thing and that's all they do. Um, and uh, they, they couldn't handle you. Yeah. Not that you were too much, just that they yeah. don't do enough. Um, and, and historically, this has been a pretty insulated profession where, I mean, I'm like, I sit behind you, I smoke <laughs> cigarettes, we show you the Rorajag inkblots of your mother. Like, I, I don't even fucking reply <laughs> half the time. Like, there's talk about lack of yeah. checks and balances. Um, and, and only now there's a lot more focus on what you should be expecting and, and the kind of reciprocity that, that you uh, deserve in that type of relationship. And a lot of really old school uh, talk therapists um, and the, the, are, are just not going to be able to, to do that. Um, <clears throat> so that, that's the really kind of short, brief answer. But a lot of times with men, you know, you, you hear me talk a lot about this traditional manhood stuff and the, those markers that on their own, you know, they're, they're great and they're helpful in all these different ways. But if enough of them intersect and get too dense in the same place, they can, they can clog us up. And what happens is a lot of times practitioners, when a, a man walks in, they, they start gearing up for like a burly dude, right? And, and there's some, you know, I don't know, like they're, they're really like free thinking uh, counselor. It's going to help people. <laughs> I just like, oh my gosh, here comes the scary person. Oh my gosh, what do I do? And and they're, they're meanwhile trying not to step on a guy's toes or trying not to offend him by asking about emotional stuff. Or they're, 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 um, they're letting him do too much of what doesn't work right. for him as well. Um, when you go in to start a relationship with somebody, it, it should feel like you're meeting a human being who wants to know about you as a human being um, and, and who's going to who you're aware of is going to slow the process down enough at, at the beginning to get a flavor for who you are. Um, an example of a way that, that I do that is um, who, whoever started a process of talk therapy or coaching with, we first sit down and everyone's always like, okay, we're about to, you're about to ask me all this really uncomfortable shit. It's about to get right. really gnarly. Right. And, and I know that. And, I, and to some degree we will. And, but I also know that you are way more, nervous than I am. I'm nervous about providing a high quality service. I'm nervous about doing right by you in this privileged relationship and putting a lot of pressure on myself. But I know that you're more freaked out. Yeah. So the first questions that I'm going to be asking are, what are you into? What do you like doing? Like, what do you have fun doing? When was the last time you had fun? Was it a kid? Okay. what did you do for fun as a kid? Were you riding bikes? What was it about the bikes? Was it the freedom? Was it like having your legs on fire and not coming home until till the 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 um you know, it goes dark and we're drinking out of the the, right. the hose and we're, are we fishing like what what is it um and be able to connect it to what makes you tick uh you you should be able to feel that from them pretty early on and if you don't you you don't have a real one it's time to keep that's moving. fair no that makes sense and i think that's the thing i that's the thing that i really want to drive home to guys is if you tried one therapist and you didn't feel it, that doesn't mean therapy as a whole sucks. Mm -mm. It means you got a therapist you didn't jive with. And please, God, keep trying. Because if there's anything you should keep fighting for like is your mental health. Like, keep finding one. Yeah, it's like dating. Would you just, like, stop going on relationships because you had a bad date? <laughs> Even if she threw up at the table. Would you stop That's dating? That's excellent. No. That's an excellent analogy. <laughs> 
I love that. Can you tell me? So one of the things that was really interesting is that I posted on Instagram uh, last week or the week before. I was talking about this idea that men go to sex workers and they feel a lot more comfortable talking to their <laughs> sex workers than they do totally. therapists. Uh-huh. What I found interesting is I got, uh-huh. and I'm not even making this up, several dozen private messages from guys who are like, I go to sex workers just to talk to sex workers and open up to them, which I found so fascinating by the sheer number of guys who are like, I'm more willing to yeah. talk to them than I am an actual therapist. What is, what is there behind that? Like why? Yeah. So I think, I think the, the most obvious part is really um, that they, they know that the sex worker is not going to call them out. Like they, they, they have, a, they're, they're, um, they have a position of being able to call enough of the shots in that relationship where they don't have to feel one down. Oh, that I never right? thought about that. All that pressure of getting. Yeah. Right. They're not, they're, they're, you know, so there's, there's that part. They're one up and they're just yeah. dumping whatever they're dumping. Um, and then the other part is uh, Freud was wrong when he thought all boys want to <laughs> shtuck their mothers and all little girls want to fuck their dads. Yeah. That's just that's fucked up. Um, but what, what he was on to is that we mix a lot of, you know, once we become an, an adult, um, part of intimacy goes into our sexuality. And uh, they're they're in, inextricably woven into each other, into our adulthood, because we are sexual beings. We have to fuck to procreate, to continue right. continue being a species. Yeah, um, Babe. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I, 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 I am what I am here, you know. Um, uh, now, with this being said, uh, there. Uh, Carl Jung used to say that uh, uh, most times when a man is looking for a shrink, he needs to be finding a lover. And most times when a man is looking for a lover, he needs to be looking I for a shrink. I love that. I've never heard that quote, and I think that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. So do you think that men in as a whole don't realize how much of their intimacy goes into their lovers? They absolutely don't until they feel lonely after not having sex for a little bit and, and complain about uh, how they don't feel close to their partner. And then when you isolate the variables, it only gets down to they haven't been having sex. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I, I think we're, we're not until we are, and then we're painfully aware of it. It's it's interesting because I have like I have a friend actually um, who I'm seeing tomorrow, and one of the things we're talking about is because he he is a Marine and in North Carolina, and apparently when it comes to women, the the pickings are slim in that town. Um, and he had hey man, <laughs> and good, he, good like, he hadn't gone late in almost a year, and I was like, dude, like go to a sex worker, just have sex. Like if if you need to get laid, just freaking do it. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? And he said to me, he's like, yeah. honestly, Jess, he's like, I just miss like, even if it's not sex, like I just miss that skin to skin contact and just being held and touched and like having that. And I was like, 
I forget that guys need that too sometimes. Like that just like it's not even just about the sex. Yeah. Like I just need someone to hold me and like and have you know and and so I think that it's just one of those things that I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know. Like I sometimes wonder when guys go to sex workers, which I'm, you know, I'm very vocal. I think it's something that should be legal. And I think, you know, we should allow that for men or women, because believe me, women need that too sometimes. Yeah. Um, And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just. Sex and probably drugs. You can say whatever you want on my show. show. Absolutely. Drugs and highly. Highly regulate them. You should be able to walk into a liquor store and see all kinds of different strings of cannabinoids with yeah. the different profiles, just like you do different types of agree. tequila. Agree. No, absolutely. Anyway, sorry. Totally agreed. Yeah. It's funny because I know, like, in the, also being in the military, like, obviously, like, you, we, we can't do drugs. We get drug tested. And, like, you know, there's always a ton of sure. strip clubs around military towns, but they're always like, oh, don't. There's this stereotype, like, don't marry the stripper. Like, um, like you know spending a lot of time like a sex worker seen as bad obviously you can't you know spend that much time with a uh you can't turn a hoe into a housewife yeah they just put that out there but like they really encourage i think the military as a whole really encourages alcoholism (laughs) and um having been in charge of people honestly absolutely biggest addiction by far that i see is young like young dudes in the barracks get like super addicted to the porn I see that. I see that all I the bet. time. When really? I was at, oh, when I was a fire team leader, and I had dudes, they're like, um, we dig. Oh, before a barracks inspection, I gotta hide my like, you know, gotta hide like my pocket pussy or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, thank you for telling me that. <laughs> but I appreciate I, that. But yeah. you probably aren't getting a lot either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode took a totally different it's, turn. It's, I'm uh, thinking it's about like, the people I used to be in charge of. I'm like, that's hey fair. Guys, go. <laughs> go hide the pocket pussy. Put up, put up the sock in the bag. Um, I was just like working in, in wilderness correctional settings with at-risk youth. And, and <laughs> some, some flashbacks as well. Um, but I think like you meant we, we wrap up uh, so I, we, we, we forget that we are also fully human because in the process of being brought up to be a real man, we're systematically taught to ignore a lot of those parts that make us fully human. And then we only remember and we, when we feel desperate to put our penis in something warm. And it's, it, 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 it's really um, gets men very stuck. It's very, that much easier to develop pornography addictions and that much with, with the, the access and how easy it is to get there. It's, um, it, yeah. If you have a smartphone, that's like um, having a full bar in your room if you're an alcoholic. <laughs> true, that's true. That's true, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And so much research, uh, you know, they, so Abraham Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, uh, it's, it's basically seen as psychology 101 of, of how human beings are wired and in, in the priorities of our needs. Uh, and it has been since the 50s. And on the bottom is seen as basic physical needs, which is you know, shelter, food, water, yada, yada, yada. Um, one step above that is uh, safety. Right. So like know that I can actually go to sleep at night and someone's not going to raid me at night. You know, 
um, or I, I can go home and not be at risk of domestic violence or whatever. Uh, and then the next step up uh, from that is, is seen as uh, emotional, love and belonging mm-hmm. needs, like a social connection. Now, I'm, I'm, people that are psychology folks look at me sideways when I say this, but like, Abraham Maslow was wrong. Um, safety is, is in love and belonging needs are one and the same. It, it's, a, it, it, it's the same level. There's, there, there, there's no separation between those. Um, and there's a ton of research with other advanced primates um, in the 50s and 60s, cats named like Harry Harlow and uh, Harry Sullivan and all these folks that saw over and over that even uh, other advanced primates, not even as socially evolved as humans, would put themselves at physical risk to be connected no. to each other, to feel each wow. other's warmth, quite literally, would dehydrate themselves, would starve themselves, would do all kinds of stuff. Um, so to think that we won't do that, <laughs> hell yeah, we will. No, that makes perfect sense. It really does. And okay. And then men, we're, we're taught to ignore it. So how do you think, that God, let me ask you this, as if men are taught to do it, but intrinsically in their, their makeup of who <laughs> they are, they crave to do it. How do they, like how do they manage that? Like what, what mm-hmm. does there, is there any kind of breakdown? By self-soothing. By internalizing, yeah, uh, there, there's relational trauma. Um, and I, I don't want to throw around the word trauma either. Um, you know, Jake, especially mm-hmm. thank you for your service um, and all the, the types of stuff that folks, you know, the, the, you know and have uh, been close to run around and face. There is, there is a spectrum, um, just like sexuality, just like any other stuff. And we are taught that leaning into our basic needs with other humans and closeness will result in rejection from the tribe. So what we do is we internalize, we, we don't disclose, we don't talk about what we need, we learn to feel ashamed of our needs, we learn to become uber self-reliant, proficient, parentified protectors and warriors. Um, from that position, it is much easier to become uh, a really proficient, cold-hearted sure. military dude if you need to be. Like, thank God for some of them out there doing that. Um, or, or check do that. If, yeah. If, yeah that, shout out to that Green Beret. Um, and and there's a, a a very important place for all of that. And um. We, we learn to self-soothe instead of relying enough on the tribe to help look out for our back. And we become lone wolves when there is no such thing as a lone wolf. There's a wolf that goes off from right. its pack when it's old to die. Yeah. yeah That's what we do. You get kicked out of the pack or you just go to lo- die, basically. That's why, again, just I yeah. had to bring everything I do back to the military, but it's literally all I've known my entire adult life. So, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, oh, it's the, it's like oh, the lone wolf. Yeah, no, right. It's like the How lone dare you serve like your country? You won. And I'm like, yo, good luck with that, big shoots. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and, and at the, there's, there's a time and a place, but again, like going back to integrating these institutions, um, you know, you've heard me talk about the samurai and making sure they go through training in the classical training and all these other areas in adolescence before they earn their sword back. And 
there was a, a the the Spartans had a really uh, some really cold-hearted, <laughs> wild ways of doing things, of you know, like uh, thinning the pack, so to speak, of the natural the, that that we would be disgusted by now. But some parts of it were about yeah. having a ton of camaraderie with each other. They were basically taught to be tighter with each other than they were with their own wives, so that they would empower the man to their left and right and move as a unit. That's think, why like, they were so powerful. Okay, so here's my thing. When you said the whole thin the herd thing, one of the things I immediately thought about was like lions because, you know, not a lot of people know this, but it's very common for yeah. male lions to come in and kill the male cubs because they are essentially, um, you know, competition. And I know that we're humans, we're the evolved species, but at the end of the day, we're still fucking mammals. Do you think that in a sense, we've become a little too, we've tried too hard to become civilized to the point where it's going against our natural mammalian instincts? That's a really good question. And I I actually, the, the last time I went out of the country, I oh. was on safari in South Africa. Yeah, it was like a trip of the, of the when all this shit was going down. Um, I was tripping with my dad and my brother, and I was just like, called him a video chat. Oh, <laughs> we got back right before all this shit went down. Oh my god. Um, so at w- one morning, we get out. You, you know, you get up really early to go yeah. because that's that's when the fun animals are out killing stuff and you can you know see cool shit because you're right we do right. have a degree of bloodlust and i want to see some cool shit so we're, <laughs> we're we're out there doing this and see some uh, uh, a few different uh, uh, lion tracks the, the trackers are like okay we're mm-hmm. going oh fuck yeah it's about to go down and we roll up on this scene of a Big ass male lion with a big flowing mane, like half covered in blood. Mm-hmm. He's killed a giraffe. On one side, there are three or four juvenile males um, that don't have mm-hmm. their manes yet. You can see the beginning of the scruff, but they are, they are, <laughs> uh, they, they would have been hollering at you <laughs> to, uh, to, to be your minor cub, right? Like they are just on the cusp. right so three or four of them right (laughs) over here and then on the other side (laughs) they're they're all his uh all his bitches and cubs like all his women all his felines right and and like he's just and we're sitting there watching and not saying a fucking thing and just taking it in i don't really know what i'm looking at besides exactly what i described like the the subtleties of what must have happened leading up to there so we, we spend time looking at this, digesting what we just experienced. And then we're talking to the trackers about, you know, what was that? How often does that happen? What went down? And he was basically said, those males um, were not big enough to pull down that giraffe on their own. Uh, and he had known that they had, yeah. th- that's a, a pride that he's familiar with. And he knows the males had been trying to pull down a giraffe and they hadn't been able to do it. So what the male did is he oh. came back to hunt with his boys and pulled down the giraffe and then brought his pride in and was facilitating each side coming in and feeding and backing them off when it, when it was time that's, to rotate. That's pretty awesome, actually. That's really awesome. It, yeah. And I, I think that a lot of the times... 
when, especially when it comes to the, the gender role stuff that goes into the traditional yin and yang you spoke about a moment ago where we need to get away from thinking about them as male and female. There is so much of that and it's so embedded in our linguistics and our social and cultural expectations that we end up anthropom anthropomorphizing, right. I'm sure I'm not getting that word right, um, animals, right? Uh, like, you know, all, all sharks are just killing machines. Like, no, mm -hmm. just watching sharks not eating is boring. But so like you've, you've the, the, when you see Discovery, it's fucking Shark Week and they're eating. Like they don't <laughs> all just want to eat you all the time. <laughs> You know, and it's, uh, and, and, and I had a really fun uh, conversation with a tracker and, and I realized there was a, the gender thing in it. He was like, no, this is all men just, just uh, uh, they, they put their manhood on the lion. This is actually not the lion's way. And I was like, oh, that's fucking awesome. Can we keep talking about that? <laughs> okay. Let me ask you this. Yeah. This is somewhat related, but totally off topic of what we were talking about earlier is um, let's see for women who tend to be more dominant as women. Do you think that they're okay? So, Mm -hmm. I'm going to spot, I'm going to talk about me specifically, but like one of the things saying that where you're like, sure. no, he, like the lion is the one who like came and, and locked it down, like blah, blah, blah. Like one of the things I've always had as a woman yeah. is I really yeah. love being a provider, but I know that that has caused issues in my relationships. Like I know yeah. it was like one of the things with my marriage, like it definitely like challenged my husband's manhood. I'm sure I'm not. And so You're I'm like alone, curious for women like me who, where yeah. we actually like to be the ones who are the provider, like how can that work in a situation with guys who feel ingrained mm -hmm. to be the providers? If, if a guy would rather be a provider than be with you, no. he doesn't actually want to be with you. And he has more of his identity wrapped up in being a provider than being connected with you. And that's not going to work for you because you're a provider. Um, I so love that answer so freaking much, Logan. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Good. That's what no, I, I got. I love that a lot. Thank you. Um, okay. So we're, we're totally going over time. So I want to wrap it up. But this has been amazing. Before I go, can you please give all of your socials, where to find you, what you do, your website, all of that stuff. <clears throat> totally. Thanks a bunch. Um, so my name is Logan Cohen. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as a supervisor with the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapy. Um, but practicing uh, psychotherapist, been doing this my whole life, um, and created a project online, uh, a system of coaching plans for men called the Balanced Man Plan for men that are going through painful transitions and ready to get reoriented to our own personal integrity and purpose and drive through and, and get it done. 20% um, of those proceeds go straight to 1-800-273-LIFE uh, uh, help um, for uh, suicide prevention as 4.5 times as many men uh, are dying from, from suicide as compared to women. And this is designed to be a place where men can tap into realistic, natural solutions 
from the comfort and privacy of home to get started from wherever they happen to be. I'm going to meet you halfway, help you get to a point where you're either cool on your own or are ready to reach out to someone, a human being for, for help. Um, but regardless about orienting to yourself, your own purpose and, and driving it home. So I love that don't so have to much. And I know we talked there. about this one before, but really quickly for those who are listening again, for all of my military folks who are following me and need help, but are scared of getting reported to the military, can you please repeat how you manage military patients? Yeah, I, I manage military patients with the same re- respect and um, as I, I would any uh, uh, civilian in, in our community, which is um, respecting your confidentiality and no information leaves us without your consent, period. I think with you have described <laughs> that I have to take it from my cold dead fingers. But uh, unfortunately, the VA is able to, um, so much of their institution is about having access to everybody's information. That yeah. confidentiality doesn't exist within that system. They'll tell you it does because it, it's like rhetoric. It does, it's, not, it's not real. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like someone being an abomination for being gay. It's like, what, what are you talking about? Um, <clears throat> so uh, it, if you were to you engage with myself or another esteemed therapist outside of the VA system, uh, they, they should be respecting your confidentiality. And if that is a concern that you have, you should clarify that right up front and get a response uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of they would have to get that. From exactly. So to all uh, of my military forward. folks who are listening, consider going outside of the VA system to guys like Logan who are going to respect your privacy and actually help you get to where you need to be. I love that so much. What are your, what, what are your socials be and your be website? Part of your journey. My socials. Um, yeah, the, the website is balancedmanplan.com. Kind of kind of ringy, kind of hard to forget. Uh, you can also check us out on Instagram. That tends to be our, our livest uh, social presence these days at Balanced Man Plan. Um, also on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all that stuff because sure. that's just kind of part of guerrilla marketing for someone who's uh, building a business yeah. and not going to participate in big business bullshit. Um, but that's, that's where you can find me. I'm going to be chirping away again. This is all I've ever done and all I've ever wanted to do very much. My purpose. And Logan, calling. Thank so you when, so when you're ready, much. You know as always, it's been awesome to talk to you and I really appreciate your time. And I know you're, you've had a busy week with the family. So I really appreciate you taking out time to talk to me. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Jess. Wish you a happy new year. Thank you so and much. Jacob, really it was a pleasure it. to meet Thanks you, so sir. Again, you thank you for your service. Thanks. Talk soon. Bye. Absolutely. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, if you're not already, please follow me on all the places on Instagram. I'm at just the prequel two. That's the number two. Um, on Twitter, I'm at just the prequel. On TikTok, I'm at just the prequel. And if you would like to get a hold of me, you can reach me at justtheprequel at gmail.com. Hope you all have a lovely week.